When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of the Steelers postgame show. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, joined by Dave Schofield, and we are breaking down the 16-16 to tie with the Detroit Lions in Week 10 at Heinz Field. And let's talk about the defense. This is a game where I think the, the most angry that fans were was probably defensively. It, like I said, did you expect Mason Ruff to come in and light up the world of fire? No, no one ex- should have expected that. They hoped, maybe, but ex- expectations were that the defense was going to win this game for this for the team, and they really didn't. Dave, what's your knee-jerk reaction to the defensive side of the football? I'm just going to th- knee-jerk. You know how I do. I throw out numbers, okay? Yep. The Steelers gave up 20 rushing yards in the first quarter, okay? In the second quarter, they gave up 94. In the third quarter, they gave up 95. Now, I don't know if things were grouped, if overtime and fourth quarter is grouped together here, because right now my overtime stats say zero. So this might even be combined with overtime. If not, it's just the fourth quarter, back to 20. So in the middle of the game, they just stopped tackling and let the Lions run like crazy. And you know what? I can't wait for Jeffrey to 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 break this down with a with a film room. Then they figured it out and stopped it again. And it got to a point where the Lions couldn't really do anything with the football in the fourth quarter or overtime. 
but the Steelers just couldn't do it either. They kept shooting themselves in the foot. So it's that that run defense for that that time period in there, not even the whole game. But I mean, they gave up more than a game's worth of rushing in each the second quarter and the third quarter. You know, I mean, seriously, you would love for the Steelers to only have 94 yards rushing in a game that they give up. They gave up just that much in the second quarter. You would love for it to be 95. To me, they gave up two separate games of rushing in each the second or third quarter. And that's just not acceptable. At least they got it figured out, but man, it, it took too long. Absolutely. No doubt about it. That was ugly in every, every facet. So let's get this uh, super chat here. Steven Garcia gives us four ninety nines at ugliness of the run defense showed up again. We need to it also been so disappointed in the inside linebacker play. Dave, just real quick. You think to it is going to be playing at all this year? Um, I, I still have it about a 50 50, but even if he does come back, I don't know that it's the answer. Just like, as you can see, coming back from an injury, coming back into stuff, not getting great play from Devin Bush, you know, after, after coming back from his injury, maybe you're not going to get that great from, from Stefan to it, thinking he's just going to be an answer and he can come right back to what he was at the end of last year might be too much. And that might be why they're taking more time with him. So, you know, what they need is 2020 stuff onto it. And I don't even know if that's an option anymore. Well, think about the pressure, you know, on him. Where the, the, the two, it comes back and everyone's thinking, oh my gosh, the savior is returned essentially for the mm-hmm. Steelers run defense. That would be difficult for yeah. anyone, for anyone to come back in and just step right up and not miss a beat. Um, I, I have been surprised pleasantly by a couple players like Isaiah Loudermilk. He again, Dave, did you have any expectations for Isaiah Loudermilk coming into this? No, season? did you the, even think the, he would the play? The expectation was he should not be getting a helmet on game day. That was the expectation. That you know you're not even calling on him, but you didn't even know that this that Stefan Tuit was going to be a, a, a what it was. And even with that, all with if all Allah was still healthy, Loudermilk he. I got to look back. I don't know how many games he was inactive to start the season, but he was, and that's what you wanted. You wanted him to not even have to log snaps. And now not only that, they're out there. My, I can't wait to see the snap counts because my goodness, it seemed like in overtime and everything, he was the guy out there along with, with a, who must Hayward. I almost messed up and said, Hey, yeah, crazy. Well, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin after the game said a lot of the issues he felt were on tackling, just pure and simple tackling. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I buy all of that. There were definitely some uh, scheme things they probably did that they fixed. Uh, but let's talk about the two, the one position a lot of fans want to talk about the most is inside linebacker. Who's been more disappointing this season to you, Dave, Devin Bush or Joe Schobert? Uh, Devin Bush. Okay. Would you say um, the same in this game? Well, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, Joe Schobert had 13 tackles still. Yeah. Um, but like I say, some of those tackles that they're coming down field, you know, if they're 15 yards down the field, then okay, you stopped them there at least. I mean, what a, you can't complain too much when they score a 42 yard running touchdown where the guy just doesn't get tackled. At least you know you would have taken a 15 yard game game there, but you don't want your all your tackles coming downfield. I'm not saying he did or he didn't. There was times where I noticed him getting up in there pretty well. But uh, uh, Jeffrey said it: you, you got to keep your linebackers clean. The defensive line's got to absorb those guys, and it just seemed like. 
the lines were constantly running extra linemen out there, two, three tight ends. I mean, it, it's, it's like, did they even have more than one wide, wide receiver and one running back? And they were just trying to outnumber the Steelers to where they could come off to the linebackers. And they were doing that a lot, and that allowed them to, to run the ball. But to me, at least Joe Schobert, I didn't have more expectations for him than I had for Devin Bush coming into the season. And so therefore, I still feel that he's playing better than Devin Bush right now. So therefore, that's why Bush is the more disappointing. Would He said you, you find missed tackles, right? And it, but it's unofficial. Yeah, there's not an official stat. There's not even an official stat for tackles. That's not an official NFL stat. Um. So you can why they're like, oh, why did someone say that that Schobert had 13 and someone else said that he had 11? You know, because they're they're not officially kept by the NFL. So but missed tackles. Do you have that number? Reasons. Do you have that number? Or is that what missed tackles? Yeah. Honestly, when I get them, I get them when the PFF grades come out the next day. So I, I don't be... have missed tackles right now. I would I would love to know what that was because I'll probably make up a number for my by the numbers article and say it felt like this many, and we'll see how many there really were. Because it it felt like there was a lot, felt like twenty, yeah. <laughs> because it felt like there was five on the touchdown alone, if not more. When how many times did you see a uh, the running back get hit at the line of scrimmage and then somehow pushes their way for seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten yards extra? It's like, God. Oh, well, is- I don't honestly, I don't know that I saw that that much. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm going to explain why. I felt when the Steelers hit the line, hit the running back at the line of scrimmage, they did a good job of getting them down. It was when they weren't hitting the running back until he was already two yards past the line of scrimmage. They couldn't do anything to slow him down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but then again, I had to be looking at my computer screen during a lot of plays because I had to write all these injury articles because everyone kept getting hurt. Sorry. No, you're right. Yeah. All right, Wilson, uh, Pavak is 999. It feels like we've been falling asleep in quarters two and three for a few games now, even if not an answer to it can help. Tackling has been really bad. Um, Schobert has been disappointing on both the run and the pass. You agree with that, Dave, in terms of the quarters two and quarter three thing? Um, it seems like it, that that's the middle part of the game that they're really, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, uh, to, to read some breaking news that, that, uh, that the Michael was sharing with us. Um, it's just that, um, that they, yeah, that TJ Watt two, two injuries on the same play and he's having scans done. That's what it was. Yeah. So, um, back, sorry, back to the, to the Schobert thing or, or the, the second and third quarter thing. It, it really does feel like that that's the downtime for the Steelers more than just this game, but this game is the most fresh in my mind. So it definitely feels that way. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely an interesting aspect of the, uh, of the game, the, the middle of the game, and they, there are, are lulls. I, there are lulls in every game, but man, it, it just seems like some of them are very, very blatant. We'll put it that way. All right, let's go to the defensive side. The inside linebackers: thirteen tackles, eight solo for Joe Schobert, one tackle for loss. Devin Bush: eight tackles, five solo, no tackles for loss, no quarterback hits. Let's look at the outside linebackers: Alex Highsmith: eleven tackles, eight solo, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hit. Um, he had a, I thought he had a good game, five tackles, three yeah. solo, one sack, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. Taco okay. Charles. Who was that one you just said? TJ Watt. Okay. Five tackles, three solo, one sack, two, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. Taco Charlton, three tackles, one solo. And Tushka, I'm trying to see if he even registered a tackle. I don't think he did. 
so let's talk about the outside linebackers a little bit what were your thoughts with the pass rush and we can throw in if you want to throw pass rush cam hayward five total tackles three solo two sacks two tackles for loss two quarterback hits i thought i thought highsmith had a sack in there did they give that all they gave that all to hayward they gave it all to hayward so because yeah i thought highsmith i thought he did a nice job Oh, I mean, and then he had some stops on on running plays. I thought that that he did a nice job, especially after TJ Watt went out. Um, other than that, I didn't really notice anything when you're talking about the the edge rushers. How many times did Detroit throw the ball? You know, they were sacked five times, but Jared Groff only had 13 attempts. You know, so let's just say that was 18. They sacked him on almost one third of the pat on one third of the plays. Almost got a third of the plays in which they sacked him. Well, that's like so, someone on someone on my Twitter feed. They they were like, "Oh my gosh, where's T.J. Watt?" And it's like, at this time, they'd only thrown the ball nine times. I yeah. Mean, what do you want him to do? I mean, they're they're only going to run the ball, and they're going to run it right up the gut because that's where it seems like the weakness of the Steelers' defense resides. What do you want him to do? If if he comes crashing down the middle, most likely the, the running back bounces outside. There's no contain, and it's a big gain on the outside. Uh, in a game where the Steelers only faced Jared Goffer, was 14 of 25 for 114 uh, yards. They had four sacks, yeah. like you said. So, yeah, and but I, I threw out that 13 number. I was actually sitting on just the second half. So that's why I that that number was twenty five attempts when I said it was thirteen. I was that so I I want to make sure that I clarify that yeah. that I had stated that incorrectly. I was like, wait a second, he threw it more than that. But yeah, still, I mean, I mean, you got five sacks. You only completed fourteen passes. That's and the Steelers had six quarterback hits. So yeah. your 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 thoughts, my thoughts on the pass rush were it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad yeah. at all. But let's talk about. Well, let's talk about the run defense, Dave. I mean, in general, we kind of touched on this earlier with the knee-jerk reactions, but just what what are your thoughts on the run defense? I mean, we you can look up any – if you want to go ahead and say any stat you want. For the defense, I mean, I kind ahead. of already laid it down there, but, I mean, it was, it was really good to start the game. It was really bad in the second quarter. It was really bad again in the third quarter, and then they cleaned it up to where Detroit couldn't go out and run the ball, would get down and get any more field goals to win it. So yeah. – I mean, at least it didn't, at least when it started in the second quarter, it didn't go all the way to the end. At least they figured out eventually, but my goodness, I mean, to, to give up, what was 189 yards between those two quarters, not acceptable half the game. And they had 189 yards. So what did they finish with in terms of run in terms of of rushing? How, what did let me look at that? 229 yards on 39. Golly. And what were the Steelers giving up on average coming into this game? Uh, 100 and 709. Um, I have it here, but I have to look it up. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't – I mean, it was over 100, but it wasn't great. And you kind of said that to me during the game. It's like, oh, well, the Steelers are ranked pretty good with uh, against the run. But, yeah, they're – they're um, what uh, 109.75 is, is what they were uh, against the run coming into this but it's just not anymore my goodness i mean that, that that's like that's like something you might expect the, the the ravens to do against the steelers or or the browns or you know someone who's this really great rushing team that was not detroit coming into this one 
that is that was definitely not the Lions. Their their run offense was they were averaging ninety three point one two five yards per game coming into this one, but they generally were in games that they were behind and couldn't run it as much. But right, they stuck with it and they found something. All they did was find a little something that worked, and they kept rolling with it. Okay, well, the run defense and the tackling, we've talked on that a good bit. Let's talk about the secondary a little bit. Again, didn't have to make a ton of plays because they didn't throw the ball that much. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick had an interception that was nullified by a Trey Norwood roughing the passer call, which would have really turned the tide. Uh, Mm -hmm. Trey Norwood almost had an interception, had several pass breakups Mm -hmm. uh, to his record. Justin Lane, I'm not no, not Justin Lane. James Pierre, I thought, stepped in well. Yeah, wasn't having to come in for, for Joe Hayden. Hayden. For Joe Hayden, he came in and did well in his stead. Um, what were your thoughts on the secondary? Uh, again, no, they didn't get any takeaways, so it's not that. But what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, they couldn't throw the ball. I mean, right. Detroit yeah. couldn't throw the ball, and I mean, they held the their top receiver to no receptions with the tight end, and I think you kind of saw. Why? Because when they did try to throw it to him in overtime, Minka comes up with a pick, that hold call wiped it out. It was what it was. I thought even guys having to come, I mean, Joe Hayden even had the nice, the, the nice, and he wasn't trying to knock down that ball. And I don't know if that was the play he got hurt on or if it was one of a player two after that, but that's when he went out or was after that series. And, and he made it, made it, he, he was going for the interception the whole way. He wasn't trying to knock it yeah. down. He just happened to knock it down because he was trying to pull that one in. So in all, I mean, if you want to see a bright spot anywhere, I would say it was the secondary, but then again, it was raining really hard and it was the O and a Detroit lions. Yes. Yeah, so the secondary, like you said, they, they weren't really tested much and, but you still got to play and still that's have what they to make did. the plays. You still have to make the plays for sure. The Steelers in terms of past defenses, Edmonds, Trell Edmonds, who I thought had a good game. Five total tackles, four solo, one sack, two tackles for loss, a pass defense, and a quarterback hit. So it's worth noting mm-hmm. his name. Um, other pass defenses, let's see here. Joe Hayden did have that one. Trey Norwood with two. My goodness, Trey Norwood. I, I think he can. I know that yeah. by the letter of the law, that was a roughing the passer because he hit him below the knee. Did he really even hit him, though? Um, I, it, it looked like there was minimal contact, but at the same time, did TJ Watt really get hit on that block the previous week? You know, it's, it's funny. You go low, you go low at a quarterback and they're going to flag you, even if you don't make hardly any contact, if any at all. And the same kind of thing happened with that, with that call where they, just because TJ Watt was good and made them made them miss when they try to do something illegal yeah. didn't mean that they didn't try to do something illegal, right. which took him out of the play. So there, that one was tough because to me it was almost the timing. He was going to the ground when when Goff still had his, you know, he still had the ball in his hand. But that's just something they're going to call, even if you didn't, you know, even if, if even if Jared Goff doesn't even throw that ball, then they're probably still going to call it because he hit him low, even if you would have hit him for the sack, uh, which is the rule. I don't like it, but it, it, it is what it is. Well, let's talk about the officiating, but let's spend some time <laughs> on this um, in general. I mean, the, the, the Chicago bears fans out there are going to say what goes around comes around and they're going to say, you know, it, ah, you all deserve to have some calls go against you after last Monday night. But some of these calls, what, I think maybe one of the most egregious calls wasn't the Dan Moore holding. I thought was bad. Negated a, a an interception or negated a touchdown. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. But also was the running into the kicker call uh, and the punt. Now, granted, they ended up holding the ball. Yeah, he did. He did. I don't even know if Killebrew really made contact with him at all. Um, What was your takeaway just from the officiating in general? Like it's been all season, inconsistent. I mean, you're going to call something. And I mean, the offensive pass interference on James Washington only because he put his hand on the guy's shoulder. I mean, all and, and then jumped backwards to try to catch the ball. I mean, that didn't change anything because they, they took the penalty, moved him out of field goal range, scored or got exactly 10 yards the next play and kicked the ball from the very same spot. And he didn't come down in bounds with it in the first place. So it changed nothing. But it's the whole notion of, of that play. I still – you know who's – I'm sorry. I have to bring it up only because you pointed it out. Worse than the officiating – is Fox trying to cover football games. Oh, My yeah. goodness. Because they're still trying to figure out that offensive pass interference on Deontay Johnson where he pushed him out and put pushed off on him or something. And I'm just like, the flag's already on the ground. You can see it on the screen. So it's obviously not what you're looking at. If the flag's already there and their camera angles and everything else and trying to figure stuff out, I mean, you have no idea. You know, all they want to do is zoom in on the quarterback's face up until the ball gets snapped. You can't even, you don't even know where it's going to be. But let's get back to the officials because I'll let you can go off on that more. But so that didn't help the the officiating either that you couldn't even really see what they were calling because you were getting terrible replays from from their NFL coverage. I mean, I'm, the Steelers are AFC, so you get get them on CBS. Boy, hey, I really did not realize that Fox was that bad. Whenever you look at them, you know, game for an entire game, but the officiate. I mean, you could call that holding call on Damore Jr. Like I said in the first half, on almost any play in the game, the same kind of deal, and yet they called it there to take off the touchdown. Um, I still don't. I'm not even sure what Devin Bush really did on that that play because we never saw a really good replay of it. That's why I'm complaining about Fox is I would have liked to have seen better angles of what was being called to know if the officials really were bad or not. It's so hard to interpret. It's a good, it, you, I'm glad you brought that up. It was the defensive holding that negated the interception, not yeah. the roughing the passer. I made a yeah. mistake. I misspoke. That's my fault. I apologize. I was thinking about the, yeah. the roughing the passer. I believe happened before, after that, I, I want to say to move them into what thought we thought was going to be field goal range. And I think it was yeah. maybe Edmonds that came in with the sack or Hayward yeah. that had a sack that kind of bumped him back out. But goodness gracious, I, I really don't want to dwell on this game longer than we have to. If there's a game where the Steelers take the film and just burn it in a team meeting and say, let's move on. Wouldn't it be this one, Dave? Uh, Probably. But I mean, yeah. they... It's so it's so tough because they they were trying to do what they had to do. I mean, this would have been. I mean, you talk about the Steelers winning ugly against Seattle and winning ugly against Chicago. If they would have managed to not fumble it at the end, maybe kick a really long field goal, they were trying to get a few more yards there. And I don't blame them, but that, I mean, the play that Fairmuth fumbled. He wasn't gaining anything. I was like, if you're going to waste valuable time, at least try to get a few yards. If you're just going to be content catching it at the line of scrimmage and going out of bounds right there, why even run a play? Just kick it. But to me, it was still a little bit long for the being in the rain, but they, that would have been the definition of like the ugliest of ugly wins. And, and therefore that's why it didn't come through. And it was just a tie, a tie. 
Uh, you know, it's funny. Every year I always hope that no one ties. So I don't have to put that third column when I do like the standings in the AFC North <laughs> yeah. recap. And now it's the Steelers again, since 2018, a tie. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Now you look at the Steelers traveling to the Los Angeles chargers and what starts a really tough stretch for this team. And you're looking at, is Ben Roethlisberger going to be available? What about these injuries? Will TJ Watt miss a week, two weeks, anytime? We don't know. The fact that he's having to have that hip and knee further evaluated means that you're looking at probably a, an injury that might have him miss some time. Just like when Chase Claypool's toe needed an MRI. Well, it's not just a regular old toe injury. That's something that's a little bit more significant that they wanted to get a better look at. Uh, the ankle injuries, the guards, they, there's so much that can go either way for this Steelers team that I can't stress enough to those that are listening to this to check out behind the steel curtain.com. We literally have everything that you would want in terms of breaking news about the team, rumors, updates, all that good stuff. So make sure you're checking out that website um, as well as our podcast platform. I don't want to plug that wherever you get your podcast, just search Steelers or behind the steel curtain, subscribe. That's you get so much more than just these shows that are on YouTube and Facebook. And I think you all enjoy them if you're a diehard Steeler fan. But Dave, let's do some final thoughts on this game. What are your final thoughts? Final thoughts is that is that this game, I don't even feel was as much about the play of the team coming out of it as it is the situation that they are now in, especially with the injuries. I mean, moving forward, it, you can talk about if the team is trending in the right direction or the wrong direction, you know, winning ugly and learning from your wins and improving. I've, I've said it before. I, I went off on it. You know, the playoffs don't start next week. You've just got to get better by the playoffs and win enough games along the way to get there. Now, because of the injuries piling up and the situation that the teams get in, you're just like, you just got to try to survive from week to week to get a team out there that can compete to try to get some of these players back to then get better by that time. And that's why it's really hard to think of that right now to think, Oh, this team taking steps and moving in the right direction for January. That's really hard when you'd have no idea if either of your starting guards is going to be available anymore. You have no idea if you're all pro defensive player of the year should, should have been twice and should have been this, you know, should have been on his way this year too, is going to be able to play. You have no idea if your number one corner is going to be all right. There's you have no idea if your Hall of Fame quarterback is going to be able to co- clear protocol for the next game. There are so many question marks about this game, and it's not, and it and that's before you even get to the play on the field. That's why this is one of those that you're just like, I don't know where this team is going right now, just because of their circumstances. So what this all comes down to is following the news, following places like BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, that we can, that when we get the news, we'll get it out to you all as soon as we can get it and see what's going on so we can have any more kind of an idea of where this team is going based on these circumstances. So, I mean, it is what it is. Standard is the standard. Next man up, yada, yada, yada. You can say all those things. But right now, it just kind of sucks. And if, if this isn't a better indication that it is in any any given Sunday week in the NFL, especially right now in the league, you look at last week and all the losses to Buffalo losing to Jacksonville. And let's be honest, there were fans that were predicting a Steelers loss before Roethlisberger went on COVID, the COVID reserve list. There were Steelers fans that were predicting, predicting a loss before the TJ Watt injury, before both guards left the game. And so they get out with a with a tie, and now they have a lot of question marks. You just don't know 
any given week we shall see. So with that said, we're going to wrap this up on a post game show. I thank you all for listening. Make sure you check us out next week. The Steelers, is that a one? Is that a four twenty-five, Dave? Is it a night game? What is it? What next week? Yeah. That's Sunday night football. Oh gosh, shoot me now. Okay, that's Sunday night. Maybe we'll have Michael back on a post game show. Hey, at least what we watched today was at one o'clock when God yes. intended NFL football to be played. Exactly. So, but I mean, one quick thing I can say sure. to yeah. I know is you're, you're you talked about all the games last week. I mean, we were so focused on the Steelers. You know, Washington upsets Tampa Bay. You know, the Patriots blow out the Browns, which now means the Steelers were the only AFC North team to beat their AFC East opponents, and they had to do it to the Bills because they each all had a, their own individual matchups. All the other AFC North teams lost. You know, right now, as we speak, while this is live, the Panthers are crushing the Cardinals 23-3. to you know, this just tells you what you said with any given Sunday over the last two weeks, and we'll see it in our survivor pool because, man, there'll be a handful of people left, maybe, um, when it's all said and done because things are just kind of going crazy here in the middle of the season, and the Steelers found a way to not lose, but unfortunately just wasn't a win. That's right. So make sure you check us out in all those locations behind the steel curtain.com or podcast platform. Oh, we will see you all next Sunday night or Monday morning, <laughs> early late after this dealer's week 11 game. Take it easy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.